Hey everyone, welcome to the show. You're listening to Can I, the Latchel podcast named for the acronym Continuous and Never Ending Improvement. At Latchel, we have a deep belief that you can't get better by staying the same. And our podcast is here to give you the tools and resources you need to achieve healthy growth. As a Y Combinator backed company, we know what it takes to have rapid, accelerated growth, and we want to pass our learnings along to you. At Latchel, we help property managers and landlords grow and scale by taking over 24 7 maintenance operations. We've developed an innovative mix of software and on demand support to help do that. Each week on this show, we bring on industry experts and we dive into the topics that'll help you shape your business. Welcome to the show. Let's get going. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show today. We got a little bit of a different format. I've brought my co-founder and CEO of Latchalon, Will Gordon. Thanks for joining me today, Will. Of course, Ethan. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to keep this one a little bit short. It's going to be a... um, kind of faster paced podcast just between me and Will talking about striking a balance between the demands of being an entrepreneur uh, and personal life. Uh, A lot of people call this work-life balance. I know Will doesn't like that term. So why don't we just start with a a general dive into what we mean by work-life balance. And Will, maybe you can tell me why you don't like the term work-life balance. Work-life balance assumes that your your life is one thing and work is a different thing, which is completely separate from your life. And it just isn't true for most people I know. Like, well, first, work is a part of life, but also uh, the ability to compartmentalize your work life and your personal life that is outside of work, completely separate from the two. I know of like two people total that have like successfully done that and they just like completely put up walls bet- between the two and don't have be- make friends with any of their coworkers. Don't take drinks with your coworkers after work or anything like that. And I, I just don't think that's like really feasible. I prefer just thinking about psychological well-being overall and finding whatever place that is for you that makes you psychological feel well. And I think too, especially as an entrepreneur, it becomes even harder to separate work and life and what work is and what life is because the two blend so much more dramatically. Um, But let's talk about psychological well-being. We don't want burnout. And that's kind of what this show is going to be about. How do you avoid burnout? How do you keep mentally healthy when you have these big demands of, of growing a company, making your company work, but of course, you don't want your whole personal life to fall apart. And I know plenty of people who sacrificed on their family life, uh, personal life in order to build a company. And a lot of times the outcome is regret. So how do we avoid that? How do we keep our psychological well-being? We're going to talk about some tactics and strategies to do that. And also we're going to talk about how to foster psychological well-being in your team. Um not not necessarily the founders, co-founders, or entrepreneurs of the business, but uh, the employees and, and people on your team, too, that actually make your company run. Let's start, though, with uh, maybe some personal tips. Um, Will, I, I'd love to learn more about how you structure your day-to-day 
to do the best you can in, in building psychological well-being for yourself? For me, it's really important to be on task and completely focused on one particular task at, at, a, at a time. And by task, it just means like work. So you know, we have a work from home company, right? Everyone's 100% remote. Um, everyone that I know of is working from home. Some people like will bounce around a couple like offices here and there of shared working spaces. But there's this like misperception around work from home of meaning, you know, it means you can, you, you have more freedom, uh, you have more time to like walk around and like do, do things in, inside the house or like take care of errands or whatever. And I find that for me not to be true at all. I like to have that very clear delineation of there's hours that I'm 100% focused on work and whatever's going on in my household or you know, even deliveries, those don't matter. You know, I'm, I'm able to stay 100% focused and on task. And then outside of working hours, I want to as much as possible be 100% focused on my family and be present. And there's obviously times that you know, in order to maintain psychological well-being, I have to manage deadlines as well. But I like to make it so that I'm either doing one or the other and not doing both, not on my phone while I'm at dinner, not, uh, not trying to solve business problems while I'm having a conversation with my wife. So you're talking about boundary setting. Yeah, boundary setting. Absolutely. That's a much better way to put it. I think uh, naturally it's easier sometimes to set boundaries between work and, and personal when you're not in a remote environment where you might be working often from home or from an office that's close to home or nearby family, uh, especially a family you know depends on you regularly to get things done for you know family life. Um, when you work in an office, you have that natural physical boundary. There's literally a distance between home and work. And I think the distance helps create some of that mental distance, which is why sometimes working out of an office or like coffee shop, if you're remote or like a WeWork is helpful. I, I think only so much, honestly, with how connected our societies become. If anyone you know, has email or phone on or email on their on their um, on their phones, or have a job like many of the property managers do, where your job is very tied to your personal cell phone. Mm. Um, then, wherever you are, you feel like you're constantly connected and can always be interrupted and can always be brought back into on-task work. And I think when you you don't create those boundaries, you don't create that separation that allows you to stay 100% focused on what's right in front of you. It, it becomes very hard to have psychological well-being you get that sense of burnout very quickly you get that feeling of i can never take a break i can never rest yeah these become a dangerous thing both both ways uh, you could be at work getting texts from your wife your husband girlfriend whatever even friends or even uh cable company you know <laughs> random personal calls and that can distract you from work if you allow yourself to be distracted by that. And then vice versa, you could be at home having dinner with the family and be getting texts about work. It's like, how do you, you have to set digital boundaries as well as I guess, you know, the, the physical kind. Um, I know for me, I, I'm the same way where I like blocking and calendaring very deliberately to create uh, time boundaries between when I'm working and when I'm doing you know, personal things, even if that means blocking 10 to 12 hours on a day for work, 
And this is where like you get that gray area of, you know, what's too much, what's not not enough. There are going to be days though, where it's going to be unique and there are going to be days where, you know, you just need to put in the time. It's going to happen. You know, this isn't about not working hard. This is about the psychological well-being. And even if you, you planned it, say an eight hour or uh, eight to 12 hour day, right? Let's say I plan a 12 hour day. Cool. You're working hard that day, but you've set that boundary now in your calendar and you have that kind of mental switch where as soon as that time block ends and it's the end of that work block well now you have the mental switch where you can go into okay i'm going to put that aside then everything else is setting up your boundaries right i'm curious for you when you either way either when you're at work i'm curious when you're at work how do you tune out any personal or family distraction and then after work how do you tune out any work distraction and I think this is super relevant with you because if anyone doesn't know, Will just became a, a new father. Um, how old is baby Jay? Three weeks? He's, no, he's uh, five weeks. Uh, so he just had his one month birthday uh, five days ago. So. Well, congratulations yeah. again. And that must be really hard, setting boundaries when you have a month old, new to the family, you're learning things. So how do you do it? Yeah, there's even before having, having Jay, uh, Melinda and I have always had very clear boundaries about at home. If I'm working, I'm at home, you know, not to be disturbed. Don't need interruptions throughout the day. You know, if, she, if she's coming into the room, she's only coming into to my office to deliver coffee or food. And that, that's, that's it. Like, she's not there to like talk, talk about any any issues unless it's like an absolute emergency of course and that's so so rare for it to be an actual absolute emergency that 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 just doesn't happen now post having a child i took a few weeks off I, we we have a pto policy so i took took advantage of that uh, that time and took some time off so i could spend time with my family and also make sure that i have that psychological well-being that i'm bonding with my son supporting my wife as as we're all transitioning into this this new role of parenthood then post like we had conversations beforehand about how how post child it's still going to look very similar to how it was before and that's not to say when there there's times where i know that melinda needs some help i might run in to help soothe soothe the baby here and there but it's definitely decreased very very much uh since coming back to work as we're getting into the swing of things as much as we can maintain these boundaries, I think it makes all of us, all of us happier. And it, it's a two-way street though. Like I have to respect the boundary that when I'm spending time with the family, that I'm absolutely spending time with the family and not, you know, on my phone, cuddle, holding Jay while, while on Slack, you know, sending messages to the team. I think this part's actually a lot harder for entrepreneurs, especially. And, you know, most of our listeners they're running property management companies. They are entrepreneurs building their business. How do you set the boundary after work when you go into your personal life, when you go spend time with family and things start popping up, you start getting texts, you maybe start getting Slack messages. How do you filter those out and maintain that connection with the, the personal side when you're being bombarded potentially by work issues. So th there's different stages of a, of a company and different stages of a life. And anyone coming into becoming an entrepreneur 
knows or should know that there's certain times that it requires basically being on and connected 24 seven. And you have to have that support of your family and your close relations to, to be understanding that that's just the way it's going to be. That's how it is. Maybe even for years at a time and you have to build up and work your way towards where you can realistically set those boundaries or use services, you know, to, to be able to set, set those boundaries, like whether it's a, um, uh, a call center, virtual assistance, uh, executive assistance uh, on demand to be able to help you filter out what really needs my attention absolutely right now versus what just feels urgent. Just because it's a text message doesn't mean it's actually urgent. Just because it's a, a call from you know a customer doesn't mean it's actually urgent and it, and it requires your immediate attention. Um, so you really need to figure those out and build your own systems so that you aren't bombarded by the things that, that aren't necessary. You know, take advantage of the tools and the technology that are, that are out there to prevent yourself from being bombarded from calls that aren't act- absolutely need your attention. I think too, a lot of it is you know your cost benefit analysis. When we started our 24 seven emergency service uh, at Latchel, Will and I inevitably had to take a lot of calls that would come in in the middle of the night. And this is while we figured out how do you build a good service. We we sort of had to. We couldn't just punt that out to someone else because we had to learn best practices in order to 10x, to be 10x better than anybody else, right? So that was the stage where we had to do it. But once we had those processes down and those scripts down and the technology down to support it, you do a cost-benefit analysis. And even if we're only getting let's say when we started, you know, 10 calls throughout the night, when we first started, it's probably only a few. Even then it makes sense. And as soon as we had the ability to do it, because we had the processes down, we immediately went and found the people, not us, to run that. Because we need to be needed to be mentally clear every day coming into the office. And when you're waking up in the middle of the night, you're not mentally clear. So one example of the cost-benefit analysis, even if we were over, at the time, overpaying, which starting out we were, it made way more sense because we had to be clear-minded to keep growing the company and developing. I, I always like to think of the story of comparative advantage and making sure that you're allocating your, your economic use of time in, in the proper way. The, the story that I think illustrates comparative advantage so well is, a, imagine a lawyer who bills his, his clients at $500 an hour, but he has a typing rate of, let's say, 150 words per minute, like absolutely insane. He's an ama- amazingly fast typist. Then he could hire a secretary, you know, making $15 an hour. And that, that secretary, let's say he has a typing speed of 35 words per minute. He's much slower. Obviously, this lawyer is way better at typing than, than the secretary is totally makes sense for the uh for the lawyer just type everything up himself right well except for when you compare the cost right (laughs) when when you compare 500 is a pretty uh, large difference from 15 yeah so when when you come down to comparative advantage like being able to outsource certain certain tasks like having to wake up in the middle of the night there's not just the cost of what you're losing right there in the moment there's costs that we had to consider of the next day you're exhausted you're not mentally clear. You're not able to be as productive at building your business during that day. So you very, we very quickly had to realize that, okay, if we're going to 
be the best at building the most effective business, we have to say during these times, we're sleeping, we're recharging, because that's the only way we're going to be psychologically well, refreshed for the next day. Having a new child, you definitely under, understand and feel, feel the effects of not getting a great night's sleep. Unfortunately, you can't put that one on pause. No, you, can't you can't hire that out as easily. Yeah, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit pricier to get. And, or you would need to have just like uh, parents or in-laws that are saints to be able to handle that for, <laughs> for you completely in the middle of the night. Fortunately, Jay's uh, gotten to the point where he's only waking up uh, twice in the middle of the night now instead of multiple times. Yeah, well, that's good. That's a yeah, start. It's a start. Um, hopefully, in a few more weeks, we'll, we'll get it down to just once in the middle of the night, and <laughs> we'll, we'll be good. But that, that's, that's the thing is if you're, if you're willing to always interrupt yourself, stop yourself, and make yourself more and more and more tired, you're not actually going to allow yourself to be clear enough in your head to advance your business. And for most entrepreneurs, the ones that I know, that's when they feel most well and most healthy and happy and whole is when they're able to spend the most time and energy in actually advancing their business, not just doing work that makes them feel busy. And it's very easy to feel busy by answering text messages, answering emails, answering every call from, from every customer at any time but you're not actually advancing your business. The only way to advance business is build systems and processes and make it better. Right. Well, I think if you're going to prioritize these things, priority one would be implement the systems, I'll call it delegation systems, the things that take work off your plate that are most, the the work that is most likely to conflict with psychological well-being, meaning the work that's most likely to conflict with pulling you out of your recharge time, whether that's with your family, whether that's during sleep, delegate that first. Now you can be fully recharged, fully attentive at work. And then the next step is what are those things you can delegate while at work to stay focused on the most high value activities you could be performing? I think that's a good way to break that down because ultimately when you're you're diluting your recharge time, it negatively impacts everything. And that's harder to see. It's a little more insidious, right? Now, being pulled out of sleep is the most obvious because you wake up and you feel it. You don't necessarily feel the call that happens at dinner. You walk outside, take that 10-minute call, and you come back and you're thinking, wow, I did that in only 10 minutes. Awesome. I'm feeling good. That felt productive. But your girlfriend is sitting across from the table in her head thinking, oh, my God, Ethan, like, I am so pissed. And then you find out about it, you know, next weekend. Uh, this isn't a personal story. I swear. <laughs> no, not <at> all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's definitely I mean, a personal story. It, ha- it's ha- it happens to be, and I, and I do my best, but um, that that's where it comes down to on psychological well-being. You have to have that big picture of you. Now, in that moment, ignoring that dinner time call might feel very stressful and anxiety-inducing, but you also should be thinking in in your head, well, if I do take this call, I'm probably it may only take 10 minutes and I'll feel good after those 10 minutes. This is probably going to result in two, three hours, if not more spread over months as it right. builds up of, of more stress and pain. Well, I think too, a lot of it does come back to a comment you made earlier, which is what stage are you in of your business? Mm-hmm. I think the earlier can sometimes feel more painful because if you get that one customer call, well, one more customer that might be like, I'm doubling the size of my business when you're early enough. And I think to your point, 
when you're in that stage and you, 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 the stakes are so high that you feel like you got to take that dinner call or your business might not survive. Right. That it's about expectation setting with, with the people in your life, um, which I didn't really have to do. Like I'll talk about me personally. A lot of the, like my girlfriend, she came into my life after I had started Latchel. So I didn't really have to set the expectation. It was already there. Right. Different for you though. Yeah. Maybe you can tell us a little, tell us a little bit about expectation setting when you started the company. So that was quite a journey because like when, when Melinda and I first, first got married, we were both working at Amazon. So it was was corporate jobs. And then um, I, very soon after we got married, I quit Amazon to to start Latchel, and we 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 got married after uh, dating for only six weeks. Like we'd known each other for for years, but we were only dating for for a few weeks. So it was then only a few months later that I quit and started. And, uh, we're impulsively married, then impulsively started a company. <laughs> it had always been a goal to start the company, <laughs> but yeah, so. In that in that time, it became you know, very quickly uh, obvious that you know, Melinda and I had some communication uh, issues that we needed to work out. Mainly, I had some communication issues that I needed to work out with with Melinda. So we uh, we started to talk about boundaries and expectations and what's reasonable with 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 each other. And, and Melinda is like an absolutely amazing partner and you know very very easy to talk to uh, when when she's in problem solving mode with me to like make this um, make make it better overall. But it's always a conversation that you have to revisit. Uh, you hope you don't have to revisit it frequently because even that it can be very, very high tension and, and, and stressful. But on a related note, when you're building a business, you need to be with a partner who is supportive of you. You need to surround yourself with people who are incredibly supportive and encouraging of you. And even when it's affecting them negatively, and even if you're fighting about, you know, the, the situation, as long as that it's grounded from a, a place of love and support and trust and not tearing you down, you know, trying to build you up and make something better for your life overall together, like that, that's, a, that's a really beautiful thing. And if you don't have that, it's very hard to be an entrepreneur. I could, I could not imagine being able to, to be successful as an entrepreneur you know, with, without a, a significant other who is supportive. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it just comes down to consistently walking that line of um, understanding where anyone in your life's coming from that's not a part of the business that's that is very likely to be negatively impacted because you know ne- inevitably he, you'll have to spend time on your business it's it's sort of like another you know relationship um, and so you being cognizant of you know they're looking out for that personal side that family side and not looking at it as so much criticism of yourself or your company in more of a reflection of uh, how they're kind of perceiving yeah. the negative impact. I think it's easy to feel attacked because you it's hard to disentangle the identity of yourself and the identity of yourself as an entrepreneur and the identity of your business as a reflection of yourself. And if somebody is upset that you're taking this call at dinner, well, you feel like it's an attack on you because right. if, if you don't take that call, the business will be less successful. Therefore, you're less successful. Therefore, you're less valuable. And none of that is true. 
not, none of that actually has any reflection on your own personal value as a person. And also the, the person at the other side of the dinner table isn't actually trying to not make you succeed. They're trying to have a meaningful, enjoyable relationship, right. which is yeah. something you probably want too. I would hope you want that. Otherwise, why are you at dinner with that person? So you just need to keep that in your mind uh, as, as, you're, as you're navigating those personal relationships. Yeah, I mean, I think the hard thing too, and just, you know, I think we both felt this, you're, you're trying your best. You're always trying your best, whether it's like, oh, I'm going to try my best on making this business succeed because that feeds back in. You build, you know, wealth for the family, wealth for yourself. And that's the that's the whole goal, right? And you're you're trying your best always to maintain, you know, your relationships. And then it's like any criticism, it's like, but I'm trying my best, right? But part of this comes back to actually one of our company principles, which is always uh, continuous improvement, where we can always get better. So even trying your best doesn't mean you've hit the limit. It's like taking that feedback and saying, can I tweak things to be even better? And when you can kind of like look inward and say, well, was that call actually like mission critical? Like if I took that call tomorrow at 8 a.m., would disaster have struck in between in between 7 p.m. at dinner and 8 a.m. tomorrow morning? Yeah. Chances are no. Yeah. <laughs> right? Usually not. And in- Unless you're an engineer and your servers go down, then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but then that all comes back to systems and processes so that you get notified for the things that are mission critical. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious in your mind, um, well, from your experience at the beginning stages of Latchel to where we currently are, has that balance you've struck and how you've maintained changed at all? The biggest, most positive change for me was being able to differentiate time when I'm on and time when I'm off. Being able to have my time at work be distraction-free, not you know, checking any social media, not talking to, to friends, not being interrupted by family and being 100% engaged and focused on what's in front of me. That How do you do a, that? By, well, a lot, one, a lot of self-discipline. Another one, turning off, um, deleting apps from your phone, uh, turning off notifications from your computer, not having a Facebook or whatever is most popular these days also helps. Like that's what, that's what helps for me. So, you sound like you're dating whatever's most popular these days. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm, I'm uh, a bit old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I, I hear all these new names for different social media platforms. And like, I, I can't even keep up anymore. So I'm I'm sure Instagram is like old news. I, I'm, I'm in the same position. For me, it's like uh, Instagram, Facebook. Is, is there anything outside of those? Yeah. The well, Snapchat's I, still a thing. I, I think it is. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I learned. Early on, I tried to strike that balance by being available to everyone as any time throughout the day. And I just wasn't being productive and I wasn't being fully engaged to, to anyone. So being able to make that, that transition to I'm at work and I'm 100% focused on work, that gives me that, that 10 plus hour day as, as needed where I'm hyper productive. And I'm able to get what I need to get done, done. 
And then I'm able to have that sense of accomplishment at the end of the day that makes me feel well enough to be able to not be distracted at the end of the day. Now, that's not true every single day of the week, it's, but it's probably true majority of days of the week. It's certainly true majority days of the month. You know, if some, some weeks are harder than others. Um, now, I've also found that in order to be effective at having that self-discipline of not checking email, that's a personal email, not checking social media, et cetera, is sleep. If, if I don't have a good night's sleep, I have less self-control. I have less ability to, to yeah. resist all those temptations. So I need to be able to also make that sleep cycle work really well. And with a young child not having a good sleep cycle, know when I need those coffee refills throughout <laughs> the day. I need an afternoon one now daily. I before I did not, you know, it's just have that morning coffee and it was fine. Now I, I definitely need that that midday recharge. Now, are there any things you've implemented for when you leave work to do the same when you're with family? So I used to have like an imaginary lanyard that I would take off and put in my desk drawer uh, and then in the morning, you know, put, put it back on, but eventually became like such a habit and so routine um, that I was able to, to get away from that. I think a big piece of that though was uninstalling or turning on like notification limits on my phones or turning off notifications mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So I just stopped, stopped getting the temptation to be on my phone and checking that while I should be with, with family. You know, another tip, and this is uh, not exactly what we're talking about, but, you know, another thing about just engaging with the people that are meaningful to you. Outside of work, social media in general can be like a very insidious thing. Like, especially if your your family's kind of become used to you occasionally checking your phone for important work things, you might like pop on Instagram during a lull in conversation. And like the other uh, people on the other side, they don't know if all of a sudden you started working or you're checking your Insta. It really, it doesn't matter. Point is like you're ignoring what you're, you should be engaging with. But I've started uh, kicking my phone into airplane mode when I do things like dinner. And that way you're, you're completely tuned out of the you know, anything outside of what you should be engaged in, um, whether it's work or even like the, the social media distraction. Now, obviously, airplane mode after work until you get back to work might not make sense for you, especially if you do have to be like on call for those big emergencies, which you do. Right. Um, but it, I, I've noticed airplane mode can really help in, in small sequences and spurts to say like extra engaged. Yeah. That's something I do. It all comes back to the psychological well-being. Like being fully engaged with the person in front of you helps build a stronger relationship. Having stronger relationships with people will make you happier you're happier, you're going to be able to be more productive. 100%. And I know we've just scratched the surface here. So what I want to do is just put put it out to everyone listening. Email us with other uh, questions you have about this, other ideas. And we'll probably do a community-driven show once we gather all these. You can email us um, at ethan at latchel.com. That's going to go to me. I'm going to collect those, compile them, and we'll do a follow-up episode on this uh, that we'll invite you to if you give us feedback uh, to do more feedback on this live because it's such an important topic. Uh, So, Will, thank you for joining. Again, everyone listening, Ethan at Latchell.com. 
And if you don't know what Latchel is, go to latchel.com, learn about us, scroll down to the book a demo button, click it, book a time to talk with us. We're here to help you get better sleep after hours when those maintenance emergencies come in. Just a little bit extra step to get you some work-life balance back. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date. Hit that subscribe button. Give us some love. Maybe give us a five-star review, too, if you like what you're hearing. And I have an ask for you. I'd like you to go to latchel.com and click the book a demo button to schedule time to talk with us. We want to hear about your business, how you've been, how you're growing, how maintenance is going at your company. Maybe we can work together, maybe not, but you won't know unless you talk to us. So go to latchel.com, click the book a demo button. I'm looking forward to talking to you. I know the rest of our team here is. So go do that as soon as you can. Thanks, everyone. See you back next week.